Welcome to the Wildflowers Podcast. Um, today I'm with Joy and I's sweet friend, Kayla, who's been a friend for almost four years. Mm-hmm. Almost four years. Um, I just said this before we jumped on, but some of my favorite conversations have been with Kayla. Um, very, very deep, very insightful, and just always uh, talking about a lot of the joyful things in life. Mm-hmm. And the most depressing things in life. <laughs> <laughs> Go hand in hand. Yes, they do. Exactly. Um, Kayla introduced my family and I to G.K. Chesterton, just to um, <laughs> show off a little of the depth that happens. <laughs> um, and she is also a fellow Enneagram number four. Yep. So there's a lot to connect on right there alone. Um, and when you can find two Enneagram number fours that actually get along, that's an amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and last year I released an album that Kayla was featured on. The last song, mm-hmm. it's a song called Willow. Um, I said that when Kayla came onto the song, it made it about 10 times better. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, this is the Wildflowers podcast. And so, um, the Wildflowers podcast was the whole concept, the whole idea was inspired by Kayla. Um, I think it was like a year ago. I don't know about. how long it was. Okay. It, to me, it felt not very long ago at all. Okay, no, it might not have even been that long. Like even like maybe nine, maybe seven to nine months ago. I feel like I feel like it was when Wilder well, right was really was little. Nope. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Um, for some context, uh, our second son is his name is Salem Wilder. Salem meaning peace, and Wilder meaning wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of looking for a little bit of those like conflicting ideas. And so we've been talking a lot about like, you know, Salem, Massachusetts, some of like haunted background and like then moving into becoming something free. And so kind of, you know, this like haunted thing dropping its chains, which I feel like has been very much so part of. Yes. Yeah. Your journey recently. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So all that to say the wildflowers concept, even doing this podcast and focusing on like the individuals around me and how they uniquely brighten their environment has just been. Um, I don't know. So here we are. Um, so I wanted to ask you kind of first, like, you know, with that idea in mind, um, between you expressing a wildflower identity and this idea to start this podcast, um, can we kind of delve into what being a wildflower means to you? And obviously we'll go deeper into that as it goes on, but like, what does that mean to you right off the bat? You know? Yeah. Um, I think the image started to become important to me as I was on my own journey of healing Mm -hmm. um, from some difficult stuff and kind of learning about what freedom meant. So with me, like wildflowers and freedom hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, So as I've kind of experienced and explored the concept of what it means to be free, um, a wildflower has been a really helpful image because they're colorful and they grow up because God plants them and they're hardy so they can grow in lots of different places and they're also just beautiful and um, something that I feel like draws a lot of people together because almost anyone can enjoy the beautiful wildflower and um, it's not very expensive to enjoy either because you can find them everywhere. Exactly. Um, So yeah and like I think just growing up well I guess in my recent growing up years so Mm -hmm. like high school and on um, I'm 21 so yeah um, I we moved out to the country when I was like 12 And then I think I started to really appreciate nature and like being grounded in 
like the things that God has, has always given me through nature yes. when I was like in high school. So the more that I would take walks, like during COVID, I would take walks up and down our long gravel driveway. And the more that I started to notice like the wildflowers and these things that had always been there that I just had kind of taken for granted, um, the more I felt connected with images like wildflowers and yeah. like um, birds have become really, really important to me and um, different things like that. So I think a, a wildflower more than anything was just a really perfect image of freedom and mm. beauty that is not super self-conscious and not mm. about um, putting on airs or yeah. dressing itself up, but you know, Solomon and all his glory, right? Like yes. um, they're not beautiful because they figure out how to piece themselves together, but they're beautiful because it's just given to them mm -hmm. and they um, exude a fragrance that is mm. enjoyable to all. So, yeah. No, yeah. That's really good. Cause I feel like um, wildflowers are something that a lot of people could really overlook. Mm -hmm. Yes, and like you know, you get to a certain age, and it's like you're kind of ridiculous if you're pulling your vehicle on the side of the yes, road to pick yes. them. But like, there are people, yeah, yeah. So it's there, but there are people who do that, and like, um, I think you know, you're one of those people. I think I want to be more like that. At least my <laughs> wife Joy has been very much so that way recently. Yes, kind of to a frightening point, but uh, stopping <laughs> on the side of the road. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, that's really good. I like what you're saying though too, because like. I think part of the idea for the podcast and everything though too, and like what you'd expressed however many months ago was like wildflowers grow up just because, and yes. like they grow up in like, I mean like near abandoned buildings, they grow yes. up in these like really starkly contrasted places that just seem like, whoa, all of a sudden there's just this like beautiful thing that just grew up on this stem and it's just like, just cause. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, that just reminded mm -hmm. me too of like, um, I love, I don't know which gospel it's in, but mm -hmm. it's basically like, I think somebody's making fun of children for yeah. proclaiming basically Jesus. I think it might have been Palm Sunday or something. I don't remember, but, um, Jesus is like, very truly, I tell you, if they were silent, the very rocks would cry out. Yes. And so when I think of wildflowers growing up in like abandoned places, it's like this, I'm here. And oh, like, it might really seem like this whole place is desolate, but, yes. um, there is beauty that is in the ground waiting to just like pop up. Mm. So people as wildflowers. Mm -hmm. That's so, man, that's so good. Um, I know we had a conversation somewhat recently about like, again, about being a wildflower and just kind of circling back on that whole thing. But like wildflowers and people, I want to say like, no matter what environment you're growing in, you know, because we're people and we're not wildflowers, we actually do deal with a whole bunch of emotions that yes. flowers don't. Yes. Um, and so, like, Rip. you know, kind of, like, going into, like, you know, hearing from you, what to you makes you feel more like a wildflower? What makes you feel like you're actually, like, blooming, blossoming into the thing that you know that you are? And maybe, you know, by contrast, what makes you feel like you're wilting? And you can answer this however you want, but... Um, I think the only way I can describe it is this weird process that I've not in any way been in control of. Mm. So like, there are some days like in the season of my life where I will wake up and the Lord will just <laughs> slap me in the face with a beautiful sunset or I'll get to scream my heart, well, sing my heart out in the car on the way to work. And it yeah. there will just be this like, yeah, kind of feeling of peace. And so those are definitely more wildflower moments. And then there are days mm. when I wake up 
and I feel like a slave to things that I thought I'd put away a long time ago. Mm. And so I've kind of, at least recently this summer, it's been kind of apparent to me that I am on a journey to freedom and mm. I get tastes of it all the time. That's good. But I can't really determine when I'm going to feel like a wildflower and when I'm going to still feel kind of chained to old things. Mm. Um, because I think that the days where I'm chained to old things are days where my wounds are just kind of stinging mm -hmm. in the healing process. So it's like I'm healing yeah. and I'm moving towards freedom. And I know that like in the depths of my soul, like I know I'm made new mm -hmm. and I know that when Christ looks at me, he sees that black eyed Susan. Yes. But there are still wounds and there are still these parts of my life and my past and like, the way I've grown up and the things that I've used to cope with the shadow part of myself yes. that I still carry with me. And, and like we've talked about before, how those are the things that God turns inside out into the most beautiful mercies. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why wildflowers grow in those abandoned places, because mm. there, I mean, at least in, in thinking about who we are as people, there are shadow parts of ourself that when mm. God turns inside out, like can be such instruments of mercy to other people. Oh, yeah. And so learning to kind of trust him with the days where I feel like a freaking slave. Yeah. Knowing that deep down, like, no, I, I know I'm that black eyed Susan there. It can be frustrating to be like, oh, I know this is me. I've gotten a taste of it, you know, but it's also it's a promise. It's a seal. And I think recently, like rainbows and things like that have been helpful too. to be like, you may still be kind of running around in the same circle sometimes but there is just this weird seal over your life mm. that is unfolding with every single little day whether you where whether you feel like a wildflower or you feel like a freaking i don't know yeah. what's the opposite of a wildflower <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man I, I'm, I wish i could be clever right now poison ivy yeah whatever you want to call Perfect. it <laughs> yeah, i just got poison ivy, ivy sure. so i, I know, know that yeah it's itches yes yeah that's that's the negative of any comparison. So like wilting, it feels like that could be like a workplace, responsibilities, just any environment that makes it feel like there's this pressure to be someone, to be something that you aren't. Yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, we've talked about that before, but like one of the main things I think that you've consistently come back to and talked about is like finding a wildflower identity through music. Yes. So through dance, song, um, and like, I don't know. Do you want to do you want to speak into that a little bit? Yeah. So when I think again, when I think of wildflower, it's all like all these ideas are kind of connected in my head in weird, very not wishy washy, but like mm -hmm. almost like mystical ways. Well, whimsical. Whimsical, I yeah. guess, is a good word. And so when I think about wildflowers, I think of this like. Okay, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about righteousness and peace kissing each other. Yeah. It's in, it's in the Psalms. Yeah. And so it's this idea of like something being right and something being proclaimed with like fervor, but not yeah. self-conscious fervor. It's this like you finally find, um, it's like the sweet spot on the bat. Yeah. And so musically, I feel like honestly, recording Willow was something that really define this idea of like the mm. sweet spot for me, um, both in the site, like as it connects to wildflowers yeah. and as it connects to music. But like, um, I feel like when I feel like a wildflower, it's like I'm hitting the sweet spot of 
knowing who I am as it has been proclaimed over me and given to me by God. Yeah. So in music, like that's another gift that like I've never earned or like, like sure I've worked on it or like stewarded it, but it's something hmm. that God gives me. And so Willow was an experience where I came in there and just kind of like offered myself and it wasn't a hard thing to do because I love to sing and like right, you guys yeah. are my friends. So <laughs> yeah. it wasn't like, you know, so the sacrificial lamb type thing. But it was one of those things where I just knew when I walked in that the Holy Spirit was just like over the situation. And yeah. and it was again, it's that sweet spot on the bat where it wasn't a super self-conscious thing. It wasn't a mm. super stressy thing. It was just like, I'm here and I know I'm here to do something mm-hmm. and it's not going to be mine, but I'm going to enjoy it. Yes. So I feel like it was so, I, I still, I think about this experience a lot because when I heard, I listened to the recording of your voice over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I just found my spot. Like yeah. I found the spot that had been prepared for me and I did it in the most Kayla way possible. But it was also like the Holy Spirit mm. guided every single lilt and break of my voice and yeah. and these little, you know, like the little yeah, ad lib things. Totally. It was like getting in touch with something that was already there and waiting for me and that the Holy Spirit had prepared me to yeah. engage with. Yes. So I guess... Um, Music for me is this thing where I get to express that wildflower identity in a way that is so uniquely me, Mm. allows for creativity, um, but also can take me out of this place of self-consciousness because I love music. Mm. Like, as freaking pompous as this sounds, I love driving in the car and listening to the sound of my my voice (laughs) harmonizing with the sound of other people's voices because it just... yes. It's sweet to my ears. And like, I guess part of that wildflower thing is like growing up into this identity where you can please God by being exactly who you are yeah, and like delight in that without like having the unnecessary weight of pride or like, mm. you know, this is the identity that I've had to craft for myself with <laughs> much toil. Like, it's more like this, like, wow, I'm beautiful and I'm beautiful because like God made me that way and he loves me. Yes, And I think that that's something that through music has been really um it's been a smoother path for me to feel that way because mm. like i just love music so if mm. <laughs> as again this sounds so bad but if i can sing well then i get to like delight in music yeah you know even yeah. and it doesn't matter yeah. whether it's from me or not yeah. <laughs> you know because it's it's it beautiful doesn't. music right? right so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, but, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's just so cool because, like, I feel like, to me, you know, Willow didn't exist for yeah. a certain amount of time. But it was, like, to me, and I've, I've shared this with several people, but, like, Willow trees have always stuck out to me. I mean, because it's, like, crying tree, yes, please. <laughs> um, and so it's just this, like, you know, I always knew that somehow that was going to come up in my life. I didn't know to what extent, but there have been things like that that ever since I was a kid have just been kind of on me. And Willow Tree was like one of those images, like, yeah. I don't know why. It's this cr- it's this sorrowful, yeah. beautiful aspect of nature that's just like, you know, very complete and sure of its crying identity. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, that song, that wasn't a song. That was just silence. And so I got to sing my part of the song into the silence. Right. Um, but then like, I just, I like what you're saying on this though too, because like, you know, there was a part for you. And it was so cool because like, um, while I was working on that album, I just kind of left a lot of it open, mm-hmm. like, like, and just let different people get laid on my heart 
And so you were one of them. And then it was like, I wonder, like, I wanted to like, you know, partner people with the songs, you know, kind of like a right. blind date, you know, blind like, this date, is your yes. song. <laughs> and, um, and so it's just, it's so cool though, too, because like I had actually gotten that song quote unquote done and was like, it's not done. And then that's when it was like, oh, this is, this is the Kayla song. And the funny thing is like, that's it, it to remove it one more step. Yeah. Like when I finished recording that song, I yeah. knew that the Holy Spirit was there and that there was something very like, there was something important about it. Totally. And I remember leaving that feeling like, I know that that was right, but I have no idea what that means or mm. why that happened or like what that even was. Mm. And then shortly later, like I went through a really tough season of my life where like a lot of parts of me freaking uh, died, yes. but I had no idea. Like, yes. so it was this weird sense of like, I don't know, this preparation for a thing that I had no idea was going to happen. And again, like this seal of mm. this is who you are and you're going to go through this place where you're not going to, a lot is going to be different and you're going to be different and yeah. the way you see things is going to be different and it's going to be scary, but like, this is it. Yeah. And um, that was just, it's really beautiful to to think back on that. Yeah. Oh, seriously. Because I, I can't believe it was like over two years ago. Yeah. You know, I do remember like, it was so cool because you'd never heard the song Mm -mm. before that night and you came over and it was like, we talked for like an hour on like some deep things and like kind of just different pains carrying through life. Definitely. And then it was like, well, do we still want to do this song thing? Yeah. I remember (laughs) that. And then jumped into it. And then it was just like, uh, my, I think I had to scoop my jaw up off the floor, but like the ideas that you had of just like humming over the first chorus and then with like this slow build, like it's just so cool because the song is about letting go. Yes. But growing. Yes. And so there was this very natural like build to it. Yeah. But it's almost like letting go of those almost like quieter, more timid, insecure parts of self to like get to something a little bit more vocal or something. So yeah, I, I do remember like uh it was like a few the week before Christmas, I think I got the mix back for that. Yes. And we worked with each other, um, with the, the family business of my dad's. And like, you know, we're just like on our way home. So we're all in the same truck. Or oh whatever. my and I gosh. Was like, hey, yeah. can I, uh, can I throw this oh on? Oh my for you guys? gosh. <laughs> Girl was crying uh, in the back yeah, seat. I knew that oh as gosh. soon as I hit play, I was like, there's going to be at least, you know, several weepy eyes in oh this vehicle. Oh my god, Including my own, of course. And see, because at that time, yeah. I knew it was a promise. I knew it was a yeah. promise. Yeah. But at the same time, I was still in the middle of so much pain. Totally. That it was a, such a weird mix of, I know that this is the truest thing for me yeah. and that the Lord is like reminding me of what's true. And then there was this part of me that was like, this sucks and it's so painful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. like the dissonant. It's not quite dissonant. But the tension of those two things is like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's something I've been experiencing a lot lately too. And it's beautiful, mm. but also like really frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Oh, no, it makes perfect sense. Uh, one of these um, Ready Life meets that my brother Ethan hosts, um, you know, they talk a lot about like, you know, medicinal things or, or you know, growing your own food and whatnot but one of the guys there he like showed us a willow tree out in ethan's yard Mm -hmm. and it was like he cut open one of the branches i believe Mm. and they're like what's inside like actually has like medicinal qualities inside of the willow tree 
And if that doesn't just like yeah. tell you healing yeah, for and real. crying tree and like all of these things of just like, you know, it's funny because when we, we lost um, our firstborn son, Oliver, six years ago. And then two years later, our secondborn son, Lincoln, was born and they share a birthday, which is just a cool detail. Um, I just remember people after that, you know, I'd gone for basically two years with empty arms, Joy yes. and I both. And it was just like, that's you know, so, just imagining so the, tough. like, the morning or the sadness of that time yeah. into, like, then the healing. And it was just so cool because, you know, we were healing, but I just remember different people saying, like, you know, it must be really good to be healing from that. And, like, I was like, yeah, as good as, like, healing can be, because healing is great because you're healing, but you're addressing the wounds at their deepest parts and, like, so yeah, it's great because you're healing, but it's not because you're healing. <laughs> yeah, and like the image that always comes to mind, like the actual um, details of this part of the story are yeah. fuzzy in my brain, but like Aslan in um, it's um, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Eustace finally submitting to like Aslan's basically healing over his life and pulling each little mm. scale off because he's a dragon. It's a whole story. But anyway, okay, yeah, the right, healing yeah. is extremely painful. And I think yes. people are like, oh, healing, that's like a good thing. And it's like, <laughs> it is a good thing. It's a beautiful thing, but it's a very yeah, long process that you're not is. in control of and maybe extremely painful one day. And you may think you're over it the next day. Yes. It's not linear. And that makes it all more frustrating. Exactly. So yeah. it's like there's grieving, there's healing. And in a lot of ways, you know, good grieving is healing. Yeah. Yes. Know. You gotta like, they're kind of one and the same in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. Um, so no, that's, it's just, it's good to reminisce on some of that though too. Uh, I do remember through, I, I think it was last year after the album was actually released. I just remember getting like some different texts from you and we had this conversation and you were just like, stop, this is my life or something. <laughs> yes, yes, lines. yes. Wait, what was it? <laughs> It might have been, I think it was, was it giving up the guess? I no, did, well, maybe I it wasn't it that was, song specifically. Was maybe it the it was, end of the affair? By, oh, was I sending you more? You sent me that song. Yeah, totally, by Ben Howard. Yes. Yes, okay. I think yes. it might have been that one, but it also might have been giving up the ghost. It was probably both. I think, no, I think this, so you probably sent me multiple texts like that, because I think yeah, I have a pretty good idea definitely. what songs are going <laughs> to Got you. You're like, um, I'll just send you whatever's going to make you bleed out. Yeah, it's it. I know it's good for you. Exactly. Those are my kind of jams. And you're too, apparently. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, but no, I just remember you texting me that and, and just thinking that was funny. But like, um, and I know you've kind of already like mentioned it just quickly, but like through some of your own, you know, your own heartbreak, loss of identity experience, mm -hmm. like some of which Joy and I have been able to walk through with you. And like, that's been a really good, mm -hmm. it's been a blessing. It's been a gift to us to be able to like walk through me those too. things with you. Believe me. Um, yeah. Oh no. Cause even for us, it's just like, man, this is like good to be there for you. And also like process things alongside. Yeah. Um, but I just remember that like through that time you'd expressed that you were, you felt like you were living with a ghost. And I know the song giving up the ghosts, which was also on the last album that, uh, Kayla yeah. had sung on had really resonated. Um, which I'm so psyched about just to know that it's connecting with people, but most importantly, the people that are, are like closest to me. Um, so I, the question I guess here is kind of like, what has the journey of living with a ghost to feeling like a ghost to then becoming like a wildflower 
what does that journey look like for you? Yeah. Um, so I think when I think of ghosts, I think of like um, shadows and like fluid yeah. motion and like maybe seeing the outline of it for a second and then it disappears like mm. very fluid um kind of looking for a spot to haunt or a, a yeah. spot to call home and like wildflowers are like i mean they're solid you pick them up you take the petals off you sniff them like they're real and they're growing out of the ground there's like attachment mm. there yeah. and with ghosts there's always this like looking for an attachment but you can't really make it because you're like immaterial right. so um i think I don't know. Um, living with a ghost was like, like we're meant to live like as Christians, like I'm a Christian. Like I believe that um, I'm kind of meant to live in this sweet consciousness and maybe not always sweet, sometimes like very painful, but yeah. <laughs> like this consciousness of God's presence with me um, before, behind me, and everywhere, you know? Yes. And I think sometimes we can kind of like ghosts um, attached to people or memories mm. of people or things like that in this effort to like find who we are or to identify ourselves or to feel like we're someone or something or that we know where we fit. Mm. And um, I think living with a ghost was kind of like living with the consciousness of this memory that just followed me around everywhere. Yeah. And um, and it wasn't just a memory. I mean, there was there was pain there too. Mm. And and I think part of the pain was. For so long, I had tried to basically haunt <laughs> this house that yeah. shouldn't have or ever been haunted. So it's like mm. trying to attach myself to something, someone, what, whatever you want to talk or say it is like mm. that the attachment is, is like incorrect or like um, there's something like fundamentally not life giving about it. Right. And so the ghost of that attachment like follows you around mm. and you'll see things and you'll have kind of flashbacks or memories or not even just that but um i don't know there will just be these moments where you want even that false attachment in um preference to mm. feeling like a ghost yourself or feeling like you don't know where to fit or feeling like you're lost yeah and so I think part of my healing process has been um, feeling like I have a ghost because that that memory or that like kind of pattern of false or um, unhealthy maybe uh, yeah. attachment like follows you around and like kind of colors your sight for a while. Mm. And then you kind of start growing healing out of that. And now you're in a space where you're the ghost and you're like, I don't know where I belong anymore. Like yeah. I this, I mean the memory this ghost whatever you want to call it like it defined my thoughts my brain my patterns my heart my feelings for so long yes and so then you get to this place where it's like what what defines all that now and then there are going to be days where you kind of look to jump into that old pattern yeah and then days when you start to think huh there might be something else and that something yeah. else might be super life-giving yeah and so that takes a long time sometimes. Yeah. And I've called it like the floating in space yeah. season. And I've been there for about like a year now. Yeah. And I'm still there. Yeah. But um, I think the longer I've been there, the more I feel like the way not out per se, but the mm. way forward is like really leaning into that 
and believing that there's something good and beautiful mm. in that I'm not grounded, I'm not anchored, because mm. mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's just this weird sense that, like, something is coming, and whatever that something is, is A, going to help me to heal, and B, mm. going to ground me in a place where I can be fruitful and where I can be, I guess, like a wildflower and yeah. not a ghost and not attached to some ghost, but like truly solid, you know, Pinocchio, yeah, real boy vibes. Yeah. So. Well, it's funny how that evolution of it all works because like you, you go from having a ghost or like, you know, I kind of refer to like having a ghost as, and I don't want people to take it literally, but like, it's like necromancy a little bit. Yes, a- trying to raise the dead. dead. Yes, exactly. Because yes. it has been like maybe it's been a, a person or something that has been a focal point of your love for so long that all of a sudden when you go to like pour that love out, there's nothing there. There's yes. no one there. And so you end up reanimating this corpse to life to love on it. But it's because you're just doing what you've been doing. That is exactly what I was. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Totally. Yes. yes. Definitely. But then it's you, it's an interesting distinction I think that you make on it though too because it's not just like living with a ghost, but it's that recognition of becoming one in the process that it makes you feel like you're haunting. So John Mark Mellon, I think he has a song about not wanting to haunt his own life. Yeah. And yeah. You just feel that like that's that season though too of like you realize that you're loving on something that doesn't exist anymore or just or it's changed even and then you go to realizing like oh like the, you know i am maybe the ghost here. yeah Someone, yes you know, yes I'm, and so i don't know yeah i'm, I'm maybe not because it's maybe it even well. less of like a becoming a ghost and more of like finally realizing yes. oh wait this is what i've kind of been the whole time that's me yeah yeah exactly yeah yes. like you seeing yourself finally you catch like the sheet hover past the mirror and you're like wait i'm the ghost yeah (laughs) and it's funny that preceding this like um kind of facing yourself as you actually are there's a burial that takes place takes place before that and like obviously that pain and those um Mm. you're gonna carry that with you yeah but at the same time i think before you really start to feel like a ghost or or recognize your own ghostliness is after in some substantial way Mm. um that thing that you've been trying to reanimate like you put it in the ground because i mean i think at some point i think it just wears you out trying to resurrect something all the time and then feeling that same spasm of pain every time Mm. it doesn't work and reality slaps you in the face and says like it's dead yeah (laughs) like exactly that at at, at some point it's just like i can't do this anymore and no but i think that takes time for everyone and it's not that's the thing. Everything is like a process. Like you cannot force that ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, before I wrote giving up or I wrote giving up the ghost several years before actually recording it. But like, I remember joy and I went on a date one night in the winter and she was just like, Hey, can we go to Hobby Lobby? And I was like, I don't want to go to Hobby, Hobby Lobby. I have bad memories there. Not just cause it's Hobby Lobby but because I had bad memories at Hobby <laughs> Lobby. <laughs> uh, and and I was just, and I felt stupid after I said that because I was like, why am I letting bad memories of a place mm. dictate my feelings toward the place now when I'm the one who changed? Place has always been the static thing, maybe. 
Right. And, you know, it's kind of like when you're like, and so I'm trying to like bring this into the wildflower a bit because for myself, I realized a lot of things in my life, like the wonder had left me. Like, you know, the animals at the zoo that used to excite me so much or wildflowers or nature, all these things, they didn't change. I changed. Oh, yeah. I stopped recognizing them to be the miracles that they were. Yes. And so, you know, kind of through that process, then you realize that you're the, you're your own ghost haunting yourself to then being able to maybe blossom into a wildflower. From that is the freedom almost like, it's like being born again. It's like having yes. a childlike faith again. It's like you're going through this process of letting something die to become something alive again. Yes. And so next kind of thought or question, um, is like the realization of like a ghostly identity. Um, I think a lot of us live with ghosts without realizing it. I know mm. that's where I was at. Um, or a lot of us really, you know, we struggle with inner demons. We have skeletons in the closet or our own shadows. Um, Carl Jung, the psychologist had a theory. I think it's a theory anyways, maybe. Um, but about the shadow part of ourselves. Um, this part that we're afraid of because it holds our potential for darker things, like think Peter Pan, you know, yeah. um, afraid of his own shadow, um, like growing up. But often our best and most unique traits dwell in the shadows as well. Yes. And so people who don't properly integrate with their shadow, especially at a young age, or repress them because of societal expectations, end up living out a persona. They yes. become a persona person. Um, so and what does that mean to you? I know going from the ghosts yeah. to wildflowers, kind of having to face your shadow, face your haunted self. What does the shadow mean to you? Yeah. So I think, um, I'm not sure why I think it's because like, I, um, I've always just loved story. I've always mm. loved getting to see a hero like walk out into the great unknown and like suffer all these trials and um experience heartbreak and all these things and in the end like there's this not quite ironic but like there's something resurrected of what's old but it's like yeah. also new and just like wild and beautiful and like every step of the journey is made like not made significant but like is significant yeah um and it like i don't know not just thematically but Everything is woven together into this tapestry of like unity. I guess that's what a story is. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's yeah, why I like it. Totally. Um, but I think, I guess going through um, this recent season of like heartbreak, um, it was really helpful going into it to kind of have that story mindset because in my heart and um, just my brain was like, okay. The seed is planted and mm. the seed is like basically death and, you know, this loss. Yeah. But I know if that's the beginning, then the end is going to be fuller and better. And it's, mm. it's just this hope that was with me. And I think part of that is like, I believe in fairy tales. Like, I believe in the essence of fairy tales. And because oh, okay. my heart has been gripped um, by simple stories like that mm. for as long as I can remember. So... And I think everybody has different anchors that they hold on to or different things that like define 
how they move through difficult seasons like that. But yeah. like for me, um, story was something that really grounded me. And I'm trying to remember. Oh, absolutely. Um, meaning I'm trying to remember the essence of your question because thinking yeah. about that. No, that's so good. Cause yeah. I mean, you, we grow up on stories Yeah. and you see these, like these story arcs. And the thing about it is you see, you know, you know, quote unquote, good guys and bad guys. Yeah. And typically the good guys are the ones who are like overcoming whatever obstacle. Yeah. You know, and I think that there's like, and the, the villains end up being in a way, these ones who get like really caught up in the obstacle. So like, I think that there's a part that when you're recognizing that there's like a ghost, mm-hmm. you could actually just like hunker down and just be like, cool ghost buddy. And not actually like, grow or continue yeah. on the story arc yeah and i know, think and yeah remembering your question because yeah yeah totally. so you asked about the shadow self yes um i think the reason why i mentioned story was because like i couldn't think of any hero that mm. won in the end without like grieving or without oh, yeah. really getting into the dark deep crap so mm. i don't know i think for me like that's why that's so important is because like if you ignore it if you plaster your own band-aids over it and if you don't surrender to what that blackness is Mm. you're not like it's gonna be fake it's gonna be shallow it's gonna be yeah and so the dark parts like it's gonna take longer it's gonna be frustrating because you're not gonna be in control over it Mm. but there's there's this weird like it's how it's how stories go it's 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 the way they've always gone is like if you don't sit with that, if you don't yeah. walk through that, like Pilgrim's Progress, like you're mm. not going to get to the other side. Like you're going to sit in one spot thinking that, I don't know, that you've made it or that you're enough or that you beat the, yeah. the enemy or the dragon or whatever. But in reality, like you're just living in your own little, <laughs> in your own little world yeah, where totally. like, I don't know. So yeah, I think story and embracing the shadow self in my mind are like very close together yeah i think like when you watch a movie you kind of like watch a person face those things in hyperspeed yeah yeah yeah, you yeah. Know, unless it's the lord of the rings extended trilogy in yes. that case it's like 12 hours and it still is long <laughs> enough for some reason yeah um but like yeah i i don't know i feel like in story you get some of that and like when you look at a lot of the biblical characters there's like a Sometimes it's years and years in between, like yes. a story, de- a story beat, yeah. or any form of like character development. It seems you know it's like, like Moses' story, and it's like, oh, and then he did this, and he killed this Egyptian, and then for like forty years he's out like tending sheep, and it's like, right, but it's right. just there's these like long, really like extended parts in life, and so like I've been recently trying to like what get back to what is my story arc for my own self. To, you know, because I think, again, it's like where you have to face down that shadow part of the self. Because if you're not, it's not really like your story can hit pause. It's not like you can really put your own life in like a neutral position. You're either addressing the things that you need to in front of you or they're piling up behind you. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peterson talks about it. Like he's like, face your little hell today or face a bigger hell tomorrow because you didn't face today's little hell right and so you know it's like a version of like stamping out these daily little hells yeah 
Yeah, and I think I like that connects. Yeah. it does. It does. Okay. And I think like you can't get the freedom, you can't get the wildflower, you can't get any of that. Like, and we talked about this for, yeah. before about how like all the material for literally all of that, it's in that shadowy, dark yeah. part. And so if you ignore that, there's this whole depth and other side to what God has spoken over you that you're just ignoring and it, it doesn't change. It's kind of like what you're saying about the zoo animals. Yeah, totally. What you are doesn't change, but I think there is this way that we can ignore it and yeah. say like, no, I'm going to do this shallow thing or I'm going to pick this thing that like I can understand and control. Yes. You know, that's on my timeline. Like, yes. um, and I think choosing the dark shadow stuff is choosing God's timeline. Mm. And that's scary. And a lot of times you'll look stupid and awkward and lonely and lots of different things totally um but i think choosing the shadow is choosing like actually not just choosing but like acknowledging like i'm a wildflower and if i'm a wildflower then the lord is going to clothe me and that's going to happen not according to my timetable or according to my um vision yeah um so but like in i'm just thinking about like you know, how do you, like the shadow part, again, like I think part of his theory was a lot of your best traits are there. So how do you work a summer job, go to school, do normal people things where in a society where it feels like, you mm. know, how do you implement song and dance into that? Um, into, uh, you know, into daily life without being like slightly viewed as like childlike or something along those lines i don't think you do i mean i basically think that it's like if you do those things you know you're gonna everyone's gonna be like you know like in my own music where it's just like you you just you just feel it like get a real job or yeah yeah, yeah. you're just doing that for fun right and it's like well yeah totally but you know it's kind of more for my soul yeah (laughs) it's a little more demanding than just you know but um so yeah no that's really good just kind of hearing some of your thoughts on the shadow and having to like face that down because i really think that that's like keeping your eye on the process you know and i think the facing like i think it's a submission to yeah like i don't know um because i think the band-aids that we slap over the shadows or the ways that we kind of mold our own image um I think that's just a way to like kind of distract or to rebel against. Cause sometimes like the things that we're given are ugly and scary and hard. And like, but if we rebel against those things, like what's on the other side of that Mm -hmm. is completely lost, even though it waits for us. I think it always does. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think just submission always sticks in my head when I think about the shadow self too. It's really good. Uh, I know I already brought up Lord of the Rings, so I don't want to pick on it too much, but like, <laughs> I know that like it feels like every character has to face down the fact that there's a villain inside of them yeah. at some point or that they have those choices. And so I think that's just really good. I don't know, that process. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also with that comes the choice to become something innocent again, you know, yeah. something childlike. Um, and so, you know, that's part of, you know, where I wanted to kind of shift the conversation is like, you know, maybe in identifying your shadow, you actually find that once you've done that, it's actually calling you back to reconnecting to the inner child. Yes. To a more childlike state. Um, and I know, 
a few months back, I introduced you to Josh Carroll's music. Yes. And, like, I, I just felt like this is going to really connect with her. This is one <laughs> of those ones where it was like, I don't know that this is going to make you cry, but I think that it's going to, like, make your life better. Yeah. Um, and, and you had expressed it being, like, making you feel like you could, like a callback to childlike faith. Yeah. Just the simplicity of the words. Um, Belief, yeah. Yeah, like belief, right? That yes. was one of the words. Okay. You said belief. <laughs> <laughs> freedom, right? Yeah, okay, freedom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's from Indiana, too. He so is. You got to have him on at some point. <laughs> Something. Please, please. So, yeah, with all of this in mind, though, too, like, and I know you brought it up several times, but, like, how has your faith grown changed shifted in the last couple seasons and like how has your faith relationship with god slash christ you know what is that how has it shaped you yeah um so i think the callback to childlike faith and the connection that i make between that and josh garrels um is the idea of receiving and how Mm. when you get grown up it's a lot harder to receive things because you get this idea that your hands have to be full of lots and lots of impressive things Mm. and ideas and awards in order for you to be enough and to feel like you're enough. And um, in the process of accumulating all those things and polishing them and putting them on your trophy shelf, like you lose the ability to taste, see and receive things that like, will actually produce life and fruit and make you fragrant to other people. Um, And so I think I've always been like a very conscientious kind of rule follower type. Oldest in the family, right? No, youngest. Wait, why did I think that? I don't know. I don't know why I was like that. Oldest child vibes, I guess. Yeah, that's Um, it. (laughs) But no, so like I was always very like, conscious of rules like i remember when i was like three Mm. i would beg my parents to read like every warning sign because i wanted to make sure i didn't get like carbon monoxide poisoning or get my hair stuck in the ticket (laughs) thing at chuck e cheese that was terrible like the most terrifying prospect to me like they had little pictures where it showed somebody's hair getting like stuck in like that'll stick with you yeah Yeah. it did okay (laughs) terrifying but anyway i just wanted to make sure that i didn't like misstep at all and like yeah. I was good at it. And that and that's mm. the thing that has been such a snare to me. Like, I got good grades. I studied hard. But I, I, it, it was like, in getting what I wanted, yeah. it like kind of made it harder for me to, as I grew up more and more into that, to receive like what I needed. And I'm still there. Like, I'm still kind of in that rule following. Yeah. Like, I can um, create my own protection. I can be my own insurance here. Mm. Where... I think Josh Garrels' music was like, no, that that narrow thinking, that doesn't even scrape the surface of who God is and who you are. Mm. It's a lot more mysterious than that. Uh, it's and not it's even a part lot, of the language. No, it's not. It's not. Mm. And that's a great way of saying it. Like, And I think his music was so helpful because it was, it's like, even though it's been harder for me to receive like that I'm a daughter of God and that that's it full stop. And that like all these like mystical truths that you can say, but you'll have a hard time believing like or receiving. Right. For sure. In music. And that's why I love it so much. In music, I can like hear it. So in Josh Garrels, music and and his, his music is so lyrically 
rich, but also just the sound. Like, I, I feel like my spirit could hear the, you're a daughter of God, like that stuff yeah. that words can't quite get to. And so right. I think kind of receiving that as a sort of sacrament over and over and over again of yeah. um, singing these songs and like, you know, call back to Narnia, remembering the signs, but in a way mm. that like my spirit can still receive yeah. um, has kind of helped me to very, very slowly to surrender the parts of, I got to follow every rule. I've got to do this. I've got to find my own security so that I'm not floating in space because mm. the Lord has been calling me to float in space for I don't even know how long. And um, so I just, I think that my own ways since growing up have have been a stumbling block for me when I thought that they were my yeah. protection and safety. And so obviously I still haven't let go of all of my security blankets and all the things that have made me feel like at least mm. that I'm anchored. But honestly, it's an addictive cycle. Yeah. And it's something that doesn't end. Like you're never going to feel like you're safe enough from mm. the great big wide open, but you can submit to that yeah. and kind of surrender yourself and hope that that God that you've been learning about your whole life is actually alive, but mm. you're not going to know that he's alive unless you give up your dead thing. Mm. So, I think Geralt's music has helped to show me that like becoming a child again and being born again is kind of like taking off in a weird, in a, in a weird way. It's like moving from milk to solid food, but the solid food is not what you expected. Right. Yeah. So oh, that's good. I guess taking off these clothes that you thought were big kid yes. grown up clothes, but actually are like baby clothes that don't fit. Yes. And allowing like the Lord to clothe you yeah. um, in however that looks and however long that looks. And mm. I don't know. I, um, I, I love Lewis. Uh, C sorry. Yeah, no. C.S. Lewis, um, <laughs> author of the Narnia series, which I've probably mentioned five times at this point. That's great. I'm um, keeping track over here, by the way. I think, I, I don't remember the exact context of this quote, but I think he dedicated, um, Lying the Witch in the Wardrobe to his friend Owen Barfield's child, Lucy, daughter Lucy. Oh, cool. Okay. And I think he told Lucy um, something along the lines of, you'll read this when you're a child and you'll love it. Mm. And then you'll have to basically grow into being a child again. Like one, one day when you're an adult, you'll yeah. love it again. But there's going to be a time when maybe like yeah. it's lost on you. Yes. So I think... Um, I don't know. I've had this weird relationship with growing up my whole life because I want to be mm. a teacher. So I remember as a kid being so like conscious of good things and like loving those good things yeah. and wanting to sit with those good things forever. Um, and because of that, I did not want to grow up. Like I remember mm. being a junior in high school and just crying because I felt growing i felt the the, the yeah. behind me there was this figure that was had his hand on my shoulder and was saying like it's time like yeah. you gotta go and so there was some truth in that like but at the same time what i what i think i'm realizing is that growing up is becoming a child again yeah. in a much fuller deeper way that you wow. never would have expected but it's got all those things that you used to love but it kind of explodes them into yes. new like depth and meaning and like mm. i don't know how to, i i feel like i words can't get it no. but um well, there's almost and this is the picture that's in my head but the word is worthy 
And like when you're born, like yeah. every baby is like, you know, worthy. Everyone views them as that yes. way. And then you start growing up and you're just yes. like existing purely on this like worthiness. And then somewhere along the way, you yes. internally, externally start feeling unworthy. Yes. And a lot of even like church, like Christian culture is like the, you know, the sinner saved by grace. And it just starts yeah. being very much of this like, un- you're unworthy language. Yeah. When I feel like the simplicity in like Gerald's music is his music says, you're worthy. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, you know, it's letting God reclothe that thing. But like, can how many adults do you know? that have been just looking for the adoration and the googly eyes they had when they were a baby through their accomplishments. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And it's like we're kind of But the weird thing, thing is that again like there's something about that adoration that we receive as a child like that what you're saying that worthiness like yeah. that's that's ingrained into our DNA like we're ingrained to give and receive adoration yeah totally. and i just think when we get older we we tend to think like i gotta, I gotta work i gotta do this i gotta make my own empire in yeah. order to even get a semblance of that sort of adoration yeah and um but i think it's just it's like we find our way back home again but home is better and more beautiful yeah. and more righteous than we ever see, you know see. it's and G.K. Chesterton talked about that. Oh, it was absolutely. like, he said the perfect romance is the one where the hero sets out to look for, from England to look for, I don't know, the Indies or whatever, and basically plants the flag back in England. Like, yes. he makes yeah, his way yeah, home exactly. without even realizing. So, yes. Where he got know. the experience of a journey, but also yeah. the feeling of coming home. The comfort home. of coming home. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, and you just kind of brought it up briefly, but, um, I know that you've mentioned you have a calling to teaching. Mm-hmm. And so what has, what has been the story for that? I know you're at Taylor now, but is that an interest you've always had? Yeah. So it's kind of like, yes. So the, the answer is yes. It is an interest. That was I've a lot of questions had. I asked. So yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. yeah. So it's, it is an interest I've always had. Um, and it's like kind of endured some change as I've grown up. Yeah. Um, but like. When I was little, I remember, and it's just so funny because as an adult, you might think that something like this is in, like not substantial or silly, but mm. as an adult who's growing back into a child, I'm realizing that was not silly. That was righteous. Yeah. And I remember the first, I think the first like moments where I really felt like, oh my gosh, I want to be a teacher was like feeling the way an expo marker felt on a whiteboard. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is, yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I guess growing back into a child's being like, yeah, that was awesome. And right. like, there was something special about that. And so, um, but anyway, so when I was a kid, it was a lot of like, oh, I love like grading fake papers for my webkins. And I love like drawing with expo markers. And I love, <laughs> you know, but yes. as I grew older, like I kind of held on to those sweet things, but also mm-hmm. realized like, oh my goodness, um, I kind of love leading people into learning but also going with them and learning with them and Mm. um so when i was when i was younger i always thought i'd do elementary because i just freaking love kids and i connect with kids because i don't know i think even though i've had to go through my own stages of you know growing up and then growing back into a child and all these things i'm i'm gonna be doing that my whole life but i think there's always been this stubborn 
root of childlike this childlikeness and and love for childhood that has yeah. gone with me everywhere. So and I, I, as long as I can remember, that's been with me. So, um. I think because of that, I just wanted to protect childhood with everything that I had and oh, to protect good. children and tell them it's okay to like be you and to be a kid yeah. and um, to make mistakes and to look stupid and to get excited mm-hmm. that two plus two is four. Like, you know, and I still have that. Yeah. But I think when I was um, 16, I in high school, I had a teacher um, who basically kind of reopened the world of literature for me mm-hmm. like i loved reading as a kid and i love reading out loud um but i kind of just went through this phase where honestly i was so obsessed with trying to control something in my life um mm. a relationship in my life it was like my best friend in high school yeah um that i just kind of forgot that part of myself and then um the teacher came in and was like yeah so here's how like story connects to the gospel and here's how like um i don't even it wasn't even things like that it was just kind of hearing stories and and this weird like flip the the switch was flipped in my Mm. life where it was like the lord is in this Mm. and like it's he's in this and he's speaking to you in a way that you were designed to hear and so basically from that point on has been this journey with oh my gosh I think I need to give kids stories that they can relate to and like find themselves in, but also to, to discover that there is more beyond what they can see through that story. Yeah. Um, cause I just feel like love of anything is like the greatest way to get somebody out of obviously themselves. Mm. So stories, at least for me, just diving into a world and um, getting to see through the eyes of, a character that you grow attached to like yeah. can really help you find yourself, but also to get out of yourself. And mm. so I felt like middle school, high school kids, like they need that and they yes. need somebody that um, is going to take them seriously, but also not take them too seriously. And yeah. so I kind of feel like um, learning to be um, an, uh, a teacher of stories, mm. but also like somebody that, comes alongside middle school, high school students, but also challenges them yeah. is kind of the spot where I've landed that I want to be. Um, I'm intimidated by that spot. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I think there's, maybe, what is it? Because there's just like a self-awareness in kids that age that can well, be hard to break through. Yeah, I mean, in kids that age, like, basically the chaos of the world starts to really set in. <laughs> yeah. And they are basically asked to like make sense of it grow up yes. figure out what you think about everything and what are you gonna um, do for the rest of your life yeah make sure that you're the kind of person that you know it, there's a lot of peer pressure too oh, yeah so it's just it's a really obviously it's a really tough time yeah and um i don't know i just kind of wanted to be there for that mess mm. and to also make help them to see that like they don't have to be the master of that mess and that they can just kind of sit there and grieve and Mm. feel awkward and know that they're not alone and that that's a beautiful part of their story. Absolutely. Man, that's so good. Um, So this last question or maybe second to last question is a little bit more on the light side of things. Mm. Um, But just a, artsy people 
can be elusive characters. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone looking to befriend one, what's the quickest way to your artist heart? Um, I think people that are like ridiculously passionate about things and like, um, I don't know, like basically choose something stupid well seemingly stupid to other people but like figure out how to explain it to you in a way that you can understand like why they love that thing i love people like that like i don't (laughs) yeah yeah, so i think the quickest way to my artist's heart is like i guess if you love something weird or that other people would think is weird yeah people that like submit to that and explore it and own it and then like share that with other people like is awesome and i think i found kind of a home with pe- like for me i've always loved cartoons there's never been a time in my life where i did not love cartoons like nice. <laughs> it's just i you know my adolescent years were steven universe gravity falls all these things and i loved them like and so but there was also this time where i was like i feel so stupid and babyish for loving these things and blah blah right. blah so i used to like basically secretly talk about steven universe to this one friend of mine and be like shh don't tell anybody that i like this show <laughs> i was like a sophomore in high school like right. it was yeah. ridiculous <laughs> but now that i'm older i've gotten to find all these people who are as obsessed with cartoons as myself yeah. and like getting to talk with them about it and like be like oh like you love that thing too for this reason okay cool yes. so you know how much more is it fun to discover somebody whose obsession is not cartoons and is something completely out of my radar yeah and getting to be like oh my gosh that's so cool and like yeah totally learn about it with them so people that lean into their authentic weird obsessions i love it all right like my enneagram oh gosh my little four heart <laughs> loves that that's so good oh as the whole time you were talking i was hearing the donkey kong 64 theme song play <laughs> speaking of secret uh guilty pleasure <laughs> um, okay last actual question and you already hinted at it also but what's a wildflower that you really feel like you resonate with black-eyed susans Is i a reason? okay don't really know why okay it's just they're so simple but i just feel like they proclaim like like gaiety i guess yeah. like just this I don't know. I really wish I could explain it, but I look at a black-eyed Susan and I'm like, all is right with the world. I don't... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I saw them today at the Greenwood Library. They're amazing. So, Mm -hmm. I get it. Yep. Oh, that's great. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for coming on, being the guinea pig of the podcast. (laughs) And just like, I I was like, I need one. I need the first podcast to just be one that I know is just going to be really solid. (laughs) And so, thank you for one more solid conversation with you um and thank you so much for brightening joy and i's lives our boys and just the environment wherever you go yeah thanks for coming alongside me in my little wildflower growth too yeah oh it's been awesome yeah all of it grieving the healing the the sorrow the joy the beauty and the wildflowerness so Mm -hmm. yeah 